Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. I'm excited today to share with you um, my good friend, Deb Jewell. She's not only a friend, she's a dynamic woman who I met when I first moved to Virginia. So Deb, thank you so much for coming today. Dynamic. Yes. That was off the top of my head. (laughs) That's good. I'm going to keep that because it's a D. Yeah. Dynamic Deb. I love alliteration. So (laughs) I'm totally going to use that. So I am an experienced wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, volunteer. So true. Not a business owner, but been through a lot. You have. And you are, you said it in there, you're volunteer and you're... 30 years in IT, connecting devices, but I make a living connecting devices... I make a life connecting people. I love that. You make a living connecting devices and you make a life connecting people. Yes. And my new tagline now is sparking connections, igniting conversations. Mm. So I don't think it's any, I think that probably explains why we connected so long ago and why we're still connected today. Do you want to talk about the first time we met? I do. I do remember it. Yeah. Okay. What, our memories memory? might be different. Okay. So our memory is you coming, you being a part, you know, I was in this networking group. I'll, I'll not name it, but at Stonewall. Stonewall. Call, call mm-hmm. Yes. In a room with a bunch of people. I was subbing. Mm-hmm. Oh, now people can guess what it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't really looking forward to it, but because um, I don't do a lot of that kind of yeah. weekly type networking events and you were there and I remember you you know saying that you had recently moved to the area and you were engaged and you showed me your ring I was like (laughs) where's the ring show me your ring (laughs) and you were looking to make friends I was like girl you are gonna make so many friends you're gonna meet so many people you do and I remember you told me you're like this is do this and this this and this and this and everything you said I did and it was it's gonna be so cool and then you were off like a little bird. Yeah. If you told me to jump, I said how high. <laughs> That's like not true. You told me chamber. I did That's chamber. You told me Dominion Woman's Club. Oh, ambassador. ambassador yes. Club. You, I did yeah. all of that. Anything. Ambassador and Council for, committee. I think, two solid years, I basically just, the only name that came out of my mouth was Deb Jewel. Deb, <laughs> Deb Jewel told me to be Passionately here. Pink we did together. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. Forgot about that oh, one. That see, was... so much fun. Yeah. And all of that led to so many of the connections I have today. The good friends that I have and the experience and then the times we shared together, those are just all, I mean, that's part of my passion with wanting to connect people and wanting to share stories and things like that, because it's like, had you not crossed paths with certain people, who knows where things would be. 30 seconds can change your life forever. So can I name names too? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. You were at the Dominion Women's Club and you were like, I always wanted to meet Stephanie at church. And here she is. I don't, I don't know if I've ever even told her that. I think I'm sure I have told her that. But yes, I used to see her She's at church. So pretty. And be like, oh my gosh. Like, oh, I'm And like, now you're best friends. Yes. like You're texting so, each other during the podcast. Exactly. And I haven't talked to her in 10 years. It's so it's cool. Terrible. That's what's awesome about connections though. And, yes. and But like you and I were saying, we can pick up right where we left off though. That's right. And that actually is a great segue into what we are talking about today. Because you are, I would say you're definitely an expert at connecting people. 
And we could talk all day about ways to connect people and things like that. But I think a universal theme that everyone can benefit from is their mindset about change. Yes. So whether it's personal, professional, you know, yourself dealing with others is how you think about change, what your relationship is with change. And you and I have so many things in common, but I've learned so much from you. I think that that would be so fun for us to dive into. Yes, I did want to talk about change yes. today. So so I think we um, will talk about our relationships with change, what we've learned from it, and then really wrap it up with how to help dealing with change so that we can walk away or listeners can walk away with kind of, you know, not only some impactful, helpful ideas about change, but some things to help moving forward to help with their mindset on change. So, right. Yeah. So we're both military brats. We are both military brats. brats. What born, does brat stand for? Born, raised, and trained. Born, raised, raised and, trained. and trained. I use that term all the time. Uh -huh. And I honestly don't know if I knew that that's what it stood for. Yeah. So I'm glad you said that. And yeah. so now we can get that out into the world. It's in the Urban Dictionary. Mm. See, I learn, learn something new every day. You got to be careful when you go to that Urban Dictionary, though. <laughs> Proceed yeah. with caution. <laughs> exactly. Born, raised, and trained. Which, which of course I was by my military dad. Yeah. And how, how long did you move around? So 13 times before I was 18. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm similar, similar numbers. But I ended up being in New Jersey for all of high school. So that's where mm -hmm. I'm a little bit of an outlier right. of a lot of military brats because, but I was supposed to move halfway through. Right. Yeah. And I was supposed to move at the end of high school, but I refused because I was 18 and oh. I was... You put your foot down. Well, I was going to college, and I mm -hmm. went to Virginia Tech. Oh, yeah. We both went to Virginia Tech. We went to Tech. Virginia. Yes. yes. I went to Virginia Tech, and so I stayed in Virginia. And when I would come home, it would be to visit my friends. My parents moved to New York. It was too cold up there. Wow. And um, they I know they wanted me to, to come back up to New York, yeah, but it wasn't for me. Just couldn't do it. I was done with the moving thing. And you stayed here, and yep, that's so funny. Yeah, when I was in college... I moved into a townhouse my sophomore year, and my senior year, my my friends who I was going to live with, you know, we talked about where to live, and I was, I can't move, like, I need to just stay here, you know, and it's not that I wanted to be difficult, but it was like, I've moved my whole life. If I have the chance to just stay put, like, oh, don't make me move. <laughs> this isn't home. I would tell I would tell my dad, this isn't home, and he'd say, home is where you hang your hat. I don't have a hat. Oh, so, <laughs> so how did you deal with change? Well, you're forced. Like, to change. Yeah. Forced into change when you're uh, a brat. Yeah. So um, you don't really have a choice. It's how, and I told you before, like kids are adaptable. Mm -hmm. So if you are excited, like what's your relationship with change, right? Are yeah. you, do you get scared of it? Mm -hmm. Are you excited about something new? Mm -hmm. So as a child or elementary school kid, I was always yeah. really excited about a new place and a new house and a new town, and making new friends, some of which I'm still friends with today. Yeah. So. What was your parents' mindset on change? Because I have an observation about that. I wish I'd asked them that. Yeah. I mean, I my mom probably loved purging and doing that yeah. all over again. I don't know. She seemed to like to clear out clutter. She was oh, really yeah. good at that. I'm not so much. And my dad was always excited about new assignments. Yeah. I know. I always ask that because I think with our mindset, I mean, there's certain things that are innate in us, you know, some people have more anxiety than others and things like that. And so mm -hmm. you can't change it, you know, just on how you act. But I do think based on my experience and some others is that how the parents framed it was oh. a big part of it. And yeah. so if it was, we're so sad to leave, we're so sad to go, we don't want to go, it's just sad. But 
my parents, they did a great job of always looking forward. That, right. So even if we were not psyched about where we were going, it always, they did a really good job of framing it very positive to the point. And the reason I know this, and I'm so, um, <laughs> it's off the top of my head, is I think about in high school, how I mentioned we were supposed to move. So I was at the same high school. I was there in actually middle school. Then I moved away in eighth grade and then went back to New Jersey. So these were people I knew for a couple of years. And then, you know, there was new people, some old friends that I reconnected with. I had a great group of girlfriends, like, you know, that we had the sleepovers with every weekend. And so just, it was awesome. I had this great niche, you know, tight group of friends, but we were supposed to move to Michigan between my sophomore and junior year. And so, of course, I theoretically should have been devastated. And I think initially I was. I was sad to move, but my parents did such a good job, like, all right, in Michigan, where we're going to live, there's going to be like a marina and, mm. you know, we could do this and that. And so it just my brain, I think, is the way they trained me and then maybe some innate things in me. But I started getting psyched that like, okay, I'm sad, but I can't change it. I can't, I can't do anything about moving. And so let's start getting psyched. So I got super psyched. And I remember this like it was yesterday. So if any Jersey listeners are listening, <laughs> I'm on, I just left Picatinny and I'm down by the roller rink and the one diner that was over there by the Rockaway Mall. And my parents said, well, um, there's been some changes and it looks like we're not going to Michigan anymore. And I said, what the to your parents? To my parents. And it was like the first time. So Jersey. I'd, yes. I see. I'd been in Jersey for at that point, four years of my life plus preschool. So probably five or six years, um, six years total. But it's, I never had cursed like that in front of them. And I remember they didn't yell at me because they showed me grace that they knew that, you know, that was a huge change for me. But I thought once I kind of came to terms with like, wait a second, once my brain caught up. So the point is that was my first reaction. They're telling me I don't have to leave my best friends. I don't have – I can stay. That's like every military kid's dream. <laughs> and I actually responded with WTF. Like, <laughs> that doesn't even make logical sense. And then once it passed of the feeling, I had to like – because my brain was so far – sold on the new thing. Um, then of course I was like, oh, thank goodness I'm staying. <laughs> like, okay, this is much better. I'm glad for this. Right. But that just always made me laugh of like, dang, they did a good job. And I did it. We all did a good job of like selling ourselves on the next, on the next big thing. So yeah. my parents must've done that yeah. because I was very receptive and excited mm -hmm. except for when we came back to Virginia. Oh, so that was devastating. Why was that devastating? Because we had just been in Paris oh. for... <sighs> Yeah. You're going to Paris. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard to be it was hard to be scared of that, right? Yeah. It was very exciting. And then we got there and it was like there's always something to complain about. The music's terrible here. <laughs> the, the food. But, no. Yeah, right. I'm sure it's the food delicious. was great. The wine yes. is fantastic. Yes. You, there's no age there. <laughs> Teenager just <laughs> you fine. Could, you could go to lunch and get wine if you wanted. That's so but funny. it was um it was an awesome experience and then coming back it was like I just felt so different from everybody else. Mm. I hadn't been in America for three years, so yeah. it was. I don't know the music people like. I don't. Oh, I yeah. don't know anything, and the TV shows people are watching. I didn't have anything really yeah. in common. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, hard to hard I to dressed like you know differently. I never 70s. thought about that because I was so I was in elementary school when I was in Germany. Yeah. So you know I didn't really. Where think about in Germany? It. 
Uh, we were, oh gosh, Wertheim was one, and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. But my memory of being in, in uh, Germany during that time frame is uh, when New Kids on the Block was out. Uh-huh. And because I lived in Germany, and I don't know why there wasn't as much stuff there, but the only thing I could find was in the catalog that, that we got was a New Kids on the Block sleeping shirt. <laughs> So, you know, a sleeping shirt, pajamas, goes down to your knees. Yeah. But I wanted to wear it to school, so I would tuck it in my pants oh, wow. to be like a regular shirt. Mm. And I think that I still have that shirt because my other philosophy – so I have two philosophies with military brats. And this isn't that mind-blowing because there's really only a couple choices. But I think you're either on the end of the spectrum where you're like super outgoing, you want to meet everyone, or you are super introverted because you figure out what makes you happy without anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like – you know, you find your passions within and things like that, where I didn't ever develop other passions, just hanging out with people. So mm-hmm. either end of the spectrum, super quiet or super talkative. And then with keeping stuff, you're either get rid of purge everything or keep everything. It's like one or the other. And so we are like a keep everything mm-hmm. family because I don't know why. I don't know if it's the Midwest thing or what, but I understand it now because it's like we always had to change. We always had to have new houses, new this, new that, that like if we have the same yellow bowl that we cook something in, Mm -hmm. that feels familiar. Mm -hmm. The same new kids on the block shirt, Mm -hmm. you know, that I wore to – there was an 80s night and I busted out my – that's my new cool. kids on the block shirt. See, there's benefits to and it still on fits, stuff, which is also cool. It was snug. <laughs> it was the snug. sleep shirts. They yeah, last forever. Mm-hmm. So good. So, what would you say you learned from being forced to change as an? Well, army when brat? you don't have a choice, mm. you better figure out quick how to deal with how it. to deal with it because change is unsettling, right? I mean, that's yeah, change. Do you think um, parents? And I would say not so. You just brought up a good point that's making me think. So if military people's kids and families are forced to change, mm-hmm. do you think fam- – and it's not just military because I know there's so many jobs that require people to move or life circumstances and things like yeah, that. Yeah, life circumstances. So if life circumstances don't force you to like move and change, do you think parents by nature shelter or protect their kids from change? Hmm. Well, they they do want to see their kids not be hurt. And as adults, since they know like change hurts. Yes. You know. So I've talked to friends about their kids switching schools. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because from their point of view, you know, they don't want them to have to move or change because it's scary. Mm -hmm. And I've always said like, it could be awesome. They could meet new friends and da da. But that's also because I'm coming from two different points of view. One, the change mentality of change is great sometimes. And then selfishly too, I'm like, I just want you to move closer to me. (laughs) So And and they'll adapt. They do. They'll adapt. And I think that's what you learn. Part of it is that you can adapt. And if you you practice, even as an adult, putting yourself into unsettling situations, you'll adapt too. Your mind is flexible. Like your muscles, right? Like you're lifting weights or whatever. Yes. You don't lift weights one day and then go out of the gym and go, I don't look different. So I'm going to quit lifting weights. Yeah. Well, maybe you do. I did. <laughs> That's what I did. Yeah. I'm like, why aren't, why aren't I walking out of the I mean, gym yeah. and I still look the same? Well, I mean, I've been really like, good with my eating the last two days and I really don't understand why I haven't dropped like a ton of weight, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's that's, a, that's all in it. But exercise, right? Exercising yeah. your 
muscle, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. And listen, you can do this really easily too as an adult and it's not going to be painful. You just take a different way home. Look at different scenery. You just um, do something a little bit different than the way you did before. Yeah. And you kind of exercise that muscle that wants familiarity so much, right? Familiarity is so easy. It is. And it's comfortable and And it's it's nice and cozy. And the older you get, the more you want to be, you know, they say set in your ways, but it's just resistance to change is what it is, right? Yes. And you want to be resilient. You yes. want to be able to, because, you know, face it, change is coming every day. There's some something new to, yes. to face. That's so, and different. you kind of answered it, but it's like, how can we as adults be resilient with change? And then how can we equip our kids or whoever's in our life that we are with mm. to equip them for change? I love the idea of the small exercises. Mm-hmm. Camping, camping was like, have you, did you camp when you were? I didn't camp when I was rat? little. And my, my girlfriend, you know, she's asked us periodically to go camping and she knows now she's like, I know you're probably going to say no. And I'm willing to do a low key camping trip. You know? Clamping. Yeah. That oh, would be gosh, nice. Camping. Like I'm sure if my mom was in here, she could tell some stories, but you know, of us being parked on a hill and it's pouring down rain and it was like, there was never a good camping experience in my family. Yeah. But it made us also have to adapt. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Part of adapting. I, I was thinking, so back to like, do kid, do parents shelter their kids from change? Probably. I love what you said about they don't want to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. And I know for me with the kids, if I know something's going to cause Let's, I mean, just to sum it up in like drama, you know, I know it's going to cause whether you want, you know, it's whether it's a meltdown, whining, being upset. I definitely want to avoid that, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I feel like I have to remind myself that I need to do this for them. And I'm like already thinking my kids have such a different life than I had Mm -hmm. because they're more similar to my husband's life, which is living in the same place, same school. And I think there's benefits to that. And I'm excited for them to have it. But yeah, like, so I don't. I, you know, and that's why I always say with like my upbringing is that, and this is what I say with a lot of things in life, neither one's better or worse. Right. It's just different. And so it's what positives do you want to pull from it? Yeah. So. And I learned a lot from moving around, right? Different yeah. cultures, different, um, you're exposed to so much different personalities, different yeah. ways of life, different. What um, are some specific things you think you learned? Oh, geez. Open-mindedness, mm. probably. You got to be yeah. open-minded because like you said, there is no right. Mm-hmm. Everybody is experiencing life in their own way, from their mm-hmm. own perspective. Yeah. And they think of things because of the way they grew up. And if mm-hmm. everyone grew up the same way you did, then I think it's easy to assume that everyone thinks like me. Right. And the world would be so boring. Yes, it would. One of the things that um, blew my mind, you know, I feel like as a young adult, I heard which was common sense was the stupidest phrase ever. And I'm sitting there (laughs) thinking, no, common sense is people need to have common sense. But then they said, not everyone has the same common experience. Mm -hmm. And so to assume that everyone has the same thought about something is foolish. And I mm-hmm. thought that was like a mind blowing, you know, <laughs> classic early 20s, like what? I never thought of it like that before. And when you're people. thinking about change, you know, that fear of the unknown mm-hmm. is there personally, and maybe yeah. even for kids, there's a fear of the unknown, right? A fear of being unfamiliar with something and your mind tends to fill in the gaps yes. with scary things, not faithful things, mm, right? Yes. You're not thinking, oh, it's going to be great. I always think it's going to be great. I always think it's going to turn out great. You do. Mm -hmm. And do you think that's something innate in you? Or do you think that's something that you trained yourself to do? I have always felt that way. Mm -hmm. But I constantly train myself. So, Mm. yeah. So we talked 
before when we were just chatting about the discomfort of change and how our brains are wired. So can you talk more about that? Because I love getting and I mean, I should have prefaced this that you know, neither of us are experts. I need to just always have yeah, that as like the I'm not an expert podcast. Like we're just <laughs> we're just sparking connections, igniting conversations to think about but with change but the tips that you've learned because you've raised kids that mm-hmm. are great adults now. And so I like getting to sometimes the science behind stuff. And now when I say the term science, not that we have any books pulled out or studies, but I like understand like with fear, mm-hmm. how fear is a normal response to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to let you comment a little bit more on that. But then you kind of it helps you push through those things so that if someone's listening, and ourselves included, it's like, well, I want to change, but it's easy for her to say or, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, I feel like for at least me, if I know the thought process behind it, I can remind myself in those times and then push through to the next step. So True. can you walk through that? A so little bit? our brains are wired for reward, Mm -hmm. right? They're wired to seek pleasure, not to seek painful things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was thinking about this this morning, like someone who runs all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't get it. (laughs) I wish I did. I don't like to sweat anyway, but I I just don't get why someone would run without a bear chasing them or something. (laughs) But there's, I have plenty of friends who run and who travel and who like to do marathons and Mm -hmm. everything else. And I'm like, I can't do that. But can't isn't the right word. It's I won't do that. Yeah. I choose when you say I choose not to. Yeah, when you say can't, you're kind of giving away your power. You should mm-hmm. never say can't. You should change that word to won't. So I won't run marathons. It's just not something I'm excited about. It's not where I want to put my energy. Not where I want to put my mm-hmm. energy. But people who have started running will say, Oh, well, I just I was really sore and I got out there and I did it the next day until all of a sudden it becomes a habit. Yeah. They've trained their muscles, but also trained their mind Mm -hmm. to push past all of that pain. And Mm -hmm. they're they're getting rewarded. Yeah. They're not doing it for the pain. Yeah. They're doing it for the reward. Yep. But it took them a little while to get there. So I'm not interested in being rewarded by a marathon. (laughs) That's not where you want to get your reward from. (laughs) I don't need that medal. Yeah. Some people, yes. Some people, no. So how to push through then? So I think, I can't remember if we've talked about this here or not, but fear is the body's natural response to protecting ourselves because our brain, it's like its whole thing is survival. Mm -hmm. And so, gosh, I wish I could, I should have prepared this so I could have given you real information. But, um, you know, it's our body wanting to protect ourselves, but it doesn't mean necessarily we're in danger. So if you're walking into a room, like if you're about to do something and you're scared, you're, right. you're not truly in a threat. Right. So pushing through that feeling. And so recently we were on vacation in South Carolina and I talk a lot about feelings with my kids and, you know, with my daughter feeling like anxious and stuff. And so she wanted to jump off a rock because sometimes she blows our minds with the stuff she wants to do because, and I think that's one reason she struggles so much is because she feels things so strongly. Mm. So she feels the fear and the anxiety, but she wants to jump off that really high rock. Mm. And so we swam out to this high rock and it was really high. I mean, like, (laughs) <laughs> so thankfully there was different tiers just the way you walked up but we figured out she could jump off this one uh-huh. and she was nervous and nervous and nervous and then she did it and I was so excited because I'm I'm swimming in the water and I'm watching her and she said something like she's scared and I'm sure I heard this somewhere probably on another podcast or some talk and it was like 
Hey, I said something like, Hey, you know, that feeling you're feeling, it's just, it's just fear. Like all you have to do is just push through and, and you'll do it. And so then she did it. And as a parent, I was like, yes, because like now we have this story to use for her to use as like a life lesson. Like, remember when you felt that way mm-hmm. and then you did it anyway. Yes. And so, you know, I think it's the quote, like feel the, feel the fear and, and do, do it anyway. anyway. Oh, yes. yes. Start making it. It will pass that yes. fear. So what are some ways of dealing? What are some ways you already talked about? I love the practicing. So definitely practice. What are other ways we can help dealing with change? Reading stories about people that have been through something similar or been through something like that, who had faced a change and conquered it in some way. That inspires. I I love reading other people's stories about Mm their success stories, whatever. I love looking at the before and after pictures. Even I'm like celebrating with everybody, you know, that's cool to me. And that's, that inspires and fills your mind with positive. Well, Mm -hmm. if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. It raises the belief barrier. Like if you can't believe it, seeing someone else to believe it. Exactly. What's some, what's some, what would you say you have led a dynamic life? I would say you've had lots of change. Sure. What's something you think you've overcome? come out the other side. I think even the whole, you know, being forced to move thing there, I think there might've been a point in my life where I was like, oh, there's a bunch of people in here. I don't know. Maybe in middle school. Um, It wasn't when I was little, but maybe in middle school where you start getting uh, Mm self-conscious about wearing white. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) I had an incident like that. But anyway, um, when you start feeling self-conscious as a teenager, so I'm like, this is great. I got to make friends and, you know, I'm different. I was very different. Mm. So, um, but I did, and I don't know, I never kept a diary really or journaled. So I don't really know at what point where it changed but yeah. I did start feeling like you know I would have never known this person if I didn't do this yeah or I didn't do this so I'm just gonna forget about all that and I'm just gonna throw myself out there not everybody's gonna like me and I'm mm-hmm. okay with that because yeah. not everybody's gonna like you I know it's hard to believe I, I said to myself but I don't know I self like you <laughs> not everybody's gonna like you I know I'm telling myself and you're not gonna too. know why yeah <laughs> gonna be, but why don't you like me well that's why people see me as an outgoing person but yeah. I don't think I really became I think in college is when I became more outgoing with mm-hmm. with people. I mean, I if I knew people, I think in high school I was still me. I mean, kind of the same person, but not with everybody. Mm-hmm. But I've realized that because I've lived here for so long and I've built relationships. So just yeah. about a year and a half ago when I started working again and getting out there and meeting people, it's like once I have my people, mm-hmm. it gives me that confidence, I think, to be myself. So when I walk into a room, I always tell people like, I have that pit in my stomach of new people and things like that. But I get more and more comfortable with going to the same things and seeing the same people that builds my confidence. And so I think with growing up in those middle school, um, high school years, I just always, you know, I, I feel like most teenagers, man, if I, I didn't realize everyone else was as insecure as me in high yeah. school. Yeah. Like, I feel like once I got to college, I think my mom probably tried to tell me that, but it was yeah. like, mom, you don't understand. And I think like in college or something like that, I was like, wait, everyone had crazy stuff in their head. Yeah. And I was walking around all insecure. I wish we all, probably why I'm doing this podcast. Like, you guys, we all have crazy stuff in our heads. Like, your bodies are changing. Yes. I mean, yeah. It's- oh my gosh. I had a, so th- I don't like love the story. I'm not proud of it, but at the <laughs> sake of being, um, you know, just putting our stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, it's not a big deal story, but I remember in high school, I had some warts on my thumbs and toes and I was so embarrassed because like, ew, that word just sounds gross. And I'm the only one I'm sure who's has this 
gross thing on her body. And I got to the point where I would even walk with like my thumb tucked in because I just was so self-conscious about Interesting. it. And I had to go to the dermatologist and they froze them off and yada, yada. So this was, noticed. <laughs> this was like this internally traumatic thing. I don't think anyone ever made a comment about it. I don't think anyone ever talked about it. It was just my own fear of someone saying something about it. And I was so devastated by this. I get to college and I remember just chatting with some someone informally, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my wart. I have to do something about it. And I was like, wait, you just said it? Like, wait, you have a wart? I mean, it's so stupid. It's something so trivial. But these are like those stupid, I feel like, life lessons in my life where it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I let something as stupid as a wart make me feel so crappy about myself. <laughs> or is <laughs> it? On yes. your nose, like, so it's red and people think you're crying. Yeah. No, no. it's just a zit. I'm not upset. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm like, no wonder, like, when people are like, what are real problems? Like, there's real stuff going yeah. on in the world, you know? Yeah. So kind of the quicker we can. And you, it passes it and you passes. get through it. So, it passes. but change, change is unsettling and that's why it's scary. Yeah. yeah. So true. As, as heck. <laughs> so some closing thoughts, Deb. So. You are just the queen of, I would say, I don't know, being amazing is oh. the off the top of my head. But what drives you to always be giving and putting yourself out there and connecting people and meeting people? Because that's the thing. You said you don't own a business. You're not yeah. here to hawk a product. Yeah. You're not here to sell anything. Like you're just an awesome person. <laughs> so like what is your driving force? Well, when I go anywhere – like before I have like this little self-talk thing before I go in, I'm like, you're going to be a light for somebody and oh. you don't even know it yet. That's and so, cool. um, so that excites me about going into places that that can happen or someone's going to be a light for you. I honestly believe that God puts people in my path. Yeah. The things that have happened in my life, there's no explanation for it. You know, getting laid off and finding a job the very next day. Things like, uh, well, even when my dad passed away, mm -hmm. I was so traumatized because I wasn't there yeah. when it happened. And then I had this dream, oh, no, Deb, it's a good thing you weren't there because someone had to go down and be strong oh, for yeah. everyone who was a wreck. And I really felt that. So divorce... It causes big change. Yeah. But again, now, you know, I'm with my best friend. My mm -hmm. kids turned out okay. You know, my grandma. Yeah, your so, grandma. So good things happen. And the Bible says beauty comes from ash, right? Mm -hmm. And when it's all burned down, something amazing is going to come out of it. Yeah. And I just really just always feel like that, this joy. You can't yeah. put a finger on it, but it's there. It's awesome. So, and you're so brave to like do this. I am so excited. Thanks. Thank you for having me, by the way, and for Jeremy <laughs> coming in and setting it all up and yeah, on awesome. your special day. Oh, is yeah. it like an hour is up already? Uh, a half hour. I no, oh. because we have that. We have the after show. Oh, there's an so after show. So we do the pit stop. Okay. So the pit stop is where we say, okay, let's tell some stories. Let's okay. do a little chit chat and let's get to the, I gotcha. the point. And then, you know, we can just let our hair down, hmm. pour a drink. Just well, I am a big fan of your podcast, so well, I was very you. excited when you asked me, and then I was like, what are we going to talk about? Yes. <laughs> we just always have I these know. conversations, and it's going to be recorded? What? I don't, what am I? So I'm not scary. an expert at anything. It's so scary. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, yeah, see? Yeah. Good job. That's the thing. So I've very similar to you is that I found that saying yes sometimes without knowing the whys, if it just it kind of goes down to that whole intuition, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call it, like if it feels right, because I've done multiple things, I feel like 
throughout my life where it didn't make sense, Mm -hmm. but it just felt like the next, like that just felt like the right thing to do. And, you know, I feel like it's always turned out pretty good. So you just have to let go. mm -hmm. Right. And keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. So any recommendations we used to do or anything we haven't covered yet? Is there anything Mm. left to cover? Well, it's okay to acknowledge that change is scary, right? Sure. Just, you know, tell yourself that's okay to be afraid. Yeah. And of course, do it anyway. And definitely allow yourself to be into put into uncomfortable situations because mm-hmm. that gives you practice in how you're going to respond to mm-hmm. those uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And uh, gosh, I've been in so many uncomfortable situations. I'm glad we're not talking about all this Oh, today. I was about to be like, ooh, let's talk about one, Deb. What's an uncomfortable <laughs> so, situation you've oh, been in? Oh, a job in? interview I had to go through and I didn't have my umbrella. And the parking was so far away and I was drenched by the time I got up there and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to kill it. Well, I didn't kill it because I was soaking wet to where you could see my bra through my dress and my hair and there was just no (laughs) no coming back there was no coming back no coming back so I left there and I'm like I guess I wasn't meant to have that job but boy that that was fun it wasn't fun but I just told myself but you told yourself that and you know what though that also shows how you dealt with it it, I mean there's no way to avoid the puddles my when I walked Mm -hmm. into the place they had the interview downstairs which was weird it wasn't in a private office so Mm -hmm. I had to walk across this tile floor and it was squish 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 in my heels squish click squish click Gosh, in my heels. trying to be put together and everything. Oh my goodness, just not fair. And life yeah. isn't fair, but life isn't um, fair. Be prepared to be disappointed and just ride it out because it's all going to be great. Yeah. Well, and that's what they say that we should do with our kids, right? Is like prepare them for disappointment and how to deal with and it. And maybe it's... that's not what we're we're not doing enough of that. Maybe because mm. yeah, we do try yeah. to protect our yeah. loved ones, all yeah. of our loved ones. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's our nature to want to protect. So. Mm-hmm. And any recommendations, any book recommendations, anything? It's just, is there anything you're reading right now or watching or listening oh, to? Well, I watch Wheel of Fortune every night because I love word games and I like to beat the people there. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I miss out. You know what, I, what? You know what I miss about back in the day? I miss the routine of like the Wheel of Fortune and then you just had the nightly news on like yeah. the regular station and then – Watched a show. That was like, like our family thing. Yeah. Like we all played Wheel of Fortune and it's still Pat and it's still Vanna. So and funny. it's just now we Look record that. Now it. it's no change. Now it's like, I like it because it's consistent. Like Isn't it. that it's ironic? Familiar. We talk all about change it's and then familiar. it's like, I like it because it's familiar. It's familiar. I love it. Well, the mm-hmm. puzzles change every day. You're right. They do change. And Vanna, I mean, why is she even there? She just <laughs> touches the screen. She used to have to switch them around. Yeah. She doesn't work yeah, we well. have fun with that. We record it now so we don't have to watch commercials. So That's good. Modern technology. Books. I have a go-to book called The 4-8 Principle. I keep on my nightstand by Tommy Newberry. Okay. And it's about Philippians 4-8. Think whatever is joyful, whatever is noble, whatever. Mm-hmm. I wish I was better at memorizing scripture, but That's I'm right. not. That's right. <laughs> it's that Tommy Newberry book. That's and, great. and there's another one, Jesus um, CEO, that's also, it's about visionary leadership in oh. modern times because Jesus was like, I mean, what what kind of leader still yeah. has thousands and yeah. billions of people still following him? Just started with 12 people. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So say Plus those one more time. He served great wine too. <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah. That's a chapter in that book, by the way. Oh, awesome. Jesus, check that out. Jesus served the best wine. So the first one Jesus, was uh, comma CEO. So Jesus comma CEO, and then and then the other is uh, the four eight four okay. colon eight principle. Okay, great about joy, finding joy, and, and then wheel of fortune. 
And well, yeah. And you know what? I actually like that over Jeopardy because I sometimes like to watch Jeopardy, I like but I don't Jeopardy. know any of the answers. So then I end up feeling worse about myself afterwards. But Wheel of Fortune, I feel better about myself. And you know why? Because there's just not enough joy on Jeopardy. People are very serious. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're right. Right? Yeah. Look, there's not the just cheering. Just look at their faces. There's not. They're not clapping yeah. after Oh, my gosh. Spin. If I got an answer right, I would be like, in your face to the person next to me. But, you would? Oh, yeah. I get very like <laughs> – I, I think I said this with Natasha on one of the podcasts. I was never an athletic. I was never athletic. Maybe I could be. I, I choose not to yeah. be too hardcore. So I think because I can't excel, I never, I should say, I never excelled in that area. I took my wins where I could get them. Mm. So they're Do you play Scrabble? And I do, but yeah. Jeremy's family is very good at it. Mm. Very good. Jeremy's very good. So it's, I excel in pop culture games. Mm. Uh, charade type games. And then when I do win, there's no humbleness. Like I used to think that I was a humble person Mm. until I win at a game. And I'm like, Mm. you all suck. I'm the best. I don't say that, but that's like my attitude. Like, I mean, I think I'm kind still, but I'm very like, yes. Like I can't ever not like cheer like, yeah. Because it just shows that I'm like, I'm out for that win. You know, so. Nothing wrong with that. By yeah. the way, celebrating you. And we are celebrating you today. Yeah. Because it's your birthday. Thank you. The fierce and fabulous and brave Thank Sam. You. So Thank lucky you. to be here. Before I forget about it, the, Jeremy, do you have every acceptable two letter Scrabble work memorized? No. Mm. No, I know. I could probably beat you then. <gasps> oh, we might have to do that then. <laughs> I have a cheat sheet. A cheat sheet. But you shouldn't be of, we two, should... of two letter words? Two acceptable three, yeah. two letter words? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I once won a Scrabble tournament with the word Otherwise, A. Otherwise, how would I A-A. know you're not cheating? A-A. A-A? Ah. Nice. It's lava, by the way. Oh. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh-uh. <laughs> A-A is a word. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank and you, za. Debbie. You're going to stick around for the after show. Sure. Yeah, we got a so. present to open. Oh, and I can't wait. We don't have any cake. because oh, That's okay. We've, I'm not doing sugar yeah, right now. Yeah, we need to get that sugar out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Debbie. Appreciate you coming. Thanks thank you for, for, for kind of putting out this change. So fun. Getting the ball rolling with it. So fun. Thank you. Thank Thanks for you. having me. Thanks, Jeremy. You're, you're a rock star. A supportive husband. Oh, my He's gosh. He's amazing. I know. Yeah. He's amazing. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by TwinMusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.